I'm all about that fuss-free glam. Give me makeup that's versatile and feels like air on my skin and has ingredients that love my face, that's good for my face. You know, clean ingredients. And don't even get me started on mascaras because I do want them bold and lengthening. <laughs> and so we have Thrive Cosmetics, which I've been using since 2020, obviously because I appreciate their foolproof products that make it really easy to apply for any skill level. And they have a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look, but also they give back. Every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. Hence why it's Thrive Cosmetics, C a u s e medics thrive cosmetics and bigger than beauty skincare are not just makeup brands they're a whole vibe they're all about empowering us to rock our confidence and when you support them we are helping other communities thrive their stuff is not only easy to use but no nasties zero parabens sulfites phthalates they are 100 vegan and cruelty free let's talk lashes thanks to thrive's liquid lash extensions i must say that my lashes are just so beautiful and lush it adds lengths there are no clumps and also guess what it slides right off with warm water so no raccoon eyes here and i appreciate they have nourishing ingredients that support longer stronger and healthier looking lashes over time and it's a unique formula they use that creates these tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. We've had problems in the past with the link, but the link does work now. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 10% off your first order. Magical friends, I'm Ali Michelle and I'm Raquel Mantra and welcome to your own magic podcast. Our intention is to connect you with the most inspiring thought leaders and visionaries and share some of our experiences and wisdom to help you unleash your own magic. Yes, we're so grateful you're spending this present moment with us today. You were all you ever needed. Then there was him. He was intent on drowning but he saw lungs to give the water to. You. Knew you would survive anything. The dust settles and you forget how to bloom. But then it comes to you. A flower does not try. It just unravels all that it is not. And suddenly you open again. Do not give up your petals for another storm. You can burst into existence over and over again. No matter how many come and learn why you have roots and they don't. It is not your job to be a mother to your lover. Remember this, my sweet flower. You were wild before him. You will be wild after. Now let the magic begin. Hello, Soul Tribe. I have a very wonderful treat for you today. Um, we have the most incredible guest on, who's also a dear friend of mine. Her name is Jade Electra. So welcome, Jade. Thank you so much. It's an honor. It's an honor to have you here. How are you doing today? Uh, better now that I've heard your voice. I just taught. Um, I got back from Sedona yesterday, so I'm deep in the integration period of being in one place and yet being in another. So it's pretty cool to be in both worlds still. 
And how was your experience in Sedona? Wow. Um, honestly, it's still in emotion and it's going to be really hard to put it into words, but obviously, you know, my heart is usually in Kauai, but Kauai to me is super masculine energy and Sedona was feminine energy and super subtle. So you kind of arrive and you don't really understand you're in awe of the red rocks, but it just starts to envelope you and you just are held in such a space that everything starts to just turn on and explode into feelings that are so things you've never felt before in a long a long time. I mean, my my experience there has been life-changing. I feel like I came back completely healed and I know that's pretty early to say that, but I feel like for the first time I've received and it was my retreat that I was on or leading. So it was really cool to um, stumble upon some really powerful healers who gave me some insight for myself. So I'm just still at the top of the mountain in that way. Yeah, you've been leading retreats for forever now. And I personally experienced the power that comes from being taught by you. I mean, your class to this day is my favorite that I've experienced and I'll never forget. It's you holding us in plank pose for at least like minutes and it was ridiculous and you're like counting down from 10 and we get to like the three two one and i'm about to go out and you're like it's the last three seconds that matter the most would you like not commit to yourself in this way (laughs) (laughs) totally (laughs) i mean to be honest i did see your you start to lower down i was like no ali you can't and it's funny because as a student i hated that i hated that kind of teacher and when I first started teaching, I didn't teach that way. For the first class, I was like, oh, I'm going to teach really easy so everyone feels successful and happy and they leave feeling like they did something. And halfway through, I was like, I don't even feel like I'm doing something when I'm giving them such things that don't challenge them, things that don't challenge me. So what I found is that the most growth comes from the teachers who are the most difficult for you to be in their class sometimes. So thank you for <laughs> subjecting yourself to all it is that I teach and push you in towards. So appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate it. I think it was Gary Vee that said, I'm the guy you're going to hate in the short term and love in the long term because I'm wow. not. Oh, I love that. Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely true. I mean, I've been called human ayahuasca from a couple of students on retreats because uh, I read this card off an Osho tarot deck that it, I pulled the card Rebel. And of course, I'm thinking like, oh, cool, badass. And I read deeper into the meaning and it says that the rebel is the teacher who you don't want to hear what they're saying. They bring awareness to the part of you that you have been ignoring. And they say the unpopular thing, but yet that's how you change most. So I've completely stepped into that role, especially this weekend. I kind of crossed the bridge. You know, I've been kind of tiptoeing of, well, I want people to feel comfortable, but in the discomfort comes the brilliancy that is your life and who you are. So thank you for, for opening that space for me to do that. That is so beautiful. I hope that you guys wrote that down. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I love you. What is your why for teaching? What's your intention? You know, how did this start? Just give some background information. And how did you arrive at the place of having this powerful, like, earth-shaking voice. Wow, I'm just going to take that in for myself. Thank you. Um, I think by doing the opposite of what you just described, by being at my lowest, by being my tiniest, repressed, suppressed, sad, depressed self, all the pressed um, was where I lived my life. And 
I, my why is I want to be the person that I wish I would have found at my darkest. And I wish that I had found someone in my life, in my family or in my friends group or online on Instagram that pushed me to the limits of myself because I didn't think I could expand out of them. And my limits at that point were everything. Um, I think I'm pretty sure I invented Netflix and chill with yourself. I used to draw those, um, those blinds that don't let any light in, in my room. I was so depressed and I was just eating myself 60, 70 pounds heavier than I am now. And I'm five one. So that's a lot. And I just kind of sat in my room in the dark and sat with myself. And when you hate yourself, when you think you're worth nothing, when you think you offer nothing to the world and no one will ever love you, it's a really dark, shitty place to be with is in your own head. And I recognized that after a couple of attempts at suicide after a couple attempts of not wanting to be here um, there's only one choice which was to choose myself after all these years and no one really tells you that you have to do that when I first started Instagram I had this hashtag that I started making on all my posts and kind of like the theme of what I was talking about was remember your worth and somewhere along the way probably a year or two and I was like well wait how can you remember something that you don't feel you've earned or you don't even feel is alive in your in your bones? It's like telling you to remember something that you've never been told. So really for me, I've been slamming that home to myself that I work hard in plank pose. I work hard in the back bends. I work hard in every aspect that I hated. And that's how I changed my life was staying when I wanted to leave. And when I allowed myself to get quiet, what got loud? So I think, you know, that's like the gist of how I am where I am today. Tribe. Short interruption to thank our sponsor who has been with us since day one. And it seems that the Yomis just love hum nutrition. First, I wanted to just thank every single one of you who has rated and reviewed the podcast out of the kindness of your souls. And you also just happened to be entered in the giveaway. And we're now on, I believe, the fourth round of the Amazing Hum giveaway, gifting hum products all around the globe, not just the United States. I believe we've also sent to Denmark and Australia all over because hum is just showing their gratitude for you as this is a long-term relationship with the Soul Tribe. And they're continuing their giveaway for another round, giving three more of our listeners hum products. And I, I am in love with their products. Like when I was dealing with my belly issue that I brought from Bali, I took Hum's Gut Instinct and the Flatter Me tablets, which as you know, helped get things running a little more as I say smoothly, if you know what I mean. (laughs) But what I really love from them are their raw beauty superfood powders, especially their mint chocolate chip infusion and ginger snap ginger snap to add to my blended drinks and like i said hum is continuing to offer three more of our listeners three months of 150 dollars worth of hum products for free so generous all you have to do is rate and review our podcast and send a screenshot to info at your own magic dot life info at your own magic dot life And in the meantime, try Hum out as they gift the Soul Tribe 20% off their purchases at humnutrition.com when you use the promo code MAGIC. That's humnutrition.com promo code MAGIC. 
And speaking of hum, that just reminds me of a meditation our master had Ali and I do in India, where we would hum for about 30 minutes or more, plugging our ears with our thumbs. And I just remember experiencing a numbing and buzzing sensation all over my face. It was amazing. So a little meditation hat tip to try. Try that and hum nutrition for 20% off using promo code MAGIC. And now enjoy the rest of the show. <laughs> I was teaching with you and for our Kauai Relief Fund down in San, um, Santa Monica and you said something that just rocked me from head to toe and you said, where in your life are you not breathing? And I think to start there, when you're having a hard time doing it, is one of the mantras I've adopted is feel the fear and do it anyway. Like we have this idea beaten into our brains that like we should just be fearless and it should just be easy. And at some point you're going to feel ready and willing and excited to do the hard work. And for me, it has never been that way. So I think repeating your own words is where in your life are you not breathing? I was just teaching this morning and I was really having them focus on where it hurt. Like if your calf is screaming in half split, how can you sit with yourself in that space? You already feel the pain, right? You already have that discomfort and tension. So it's going to live there regardless. So the only other option is to join it with your breath, with intention and unravel the mind around the fact that you won't always be this way. And I think that's the biggest mountain is that we just assume sometimes we've lived this long. Our our stories, our parents, our, our personalities are what is given to us by the opinions of others and our individuality only comes once you literally throw all and cast all of that aside and decide to choose something better which is yourself over the the words of other people who are most likely still in their own shit their own darkness and so i would say to sit with your discomfort that you're already feeling it right you're already you already got this silent alarm or maybe it's really loud it could be a numb place in your body or it could be a, a really visceral painful one either way just to start someplace in your body for me i had to find a crack i had to find a tiny crack where the light got in and i just followed it and it took a long time but it's the only journey that's worth everything is the one of yourself so i would just say to sit with the place in your life that is screaming the loudest for you to listen and to have the courage and courage doesn't mean that you're like i'm saying feel brave or ready like bravery and courage come from working in the spots that don't feel good. So just to sit, instead of asking advice from all your friends or watching all these different spiritual teachers over and over and over, you can be the smartest person in the room with all this information, but your brain does not change your situation. It's your heart. It's your breath. That's the medicine. So don't be afraid to step downstairs into your own body. And that's why I founded a company with one of my good friends, Mandy, um, Modern Healer Yoga, because it just, you are the healer. It's not, no longer do you need to find a guru and go sit at someone's feet and just have them give you the medicine. Like you have that power within you. And to just find someone in your life or someone that you believe in that you want to, okay, I like how she embodies this or he embodies that. Like if you like Gary Vee, you want to have a successful business and you start to see how he does it and start to work the energy that he uses in your own life is what I would say to start. That's incredibly powerful too, especially since a lot of our listeners are you know, either starting your spiritual journey or they've been on it for a minute. But I remember I was reading and consuming 
all of these books, like the Eckhart Tolle and the Oprah. Mm. And you called me on the phone and you were like, stop. Like, you could map out the entire ocean for me. I <laughs> actually swam underneath a wave and felt it. And you said, like, knowledge doesn't become wisdom until you experience in life. And I'll never mm. forget that. It, it's true, like, the only journey worth having is one of yourself. And I love that you said that. Um, and in terms of, like, yoga, how has that practice of movement helped you in the work that you do? Because it started off as this very traditional ancient practice in India and obviously evolved into something else. And no one quite teaches it the way that mm. you do. So. <sighs> wow. Thank you. Your questions are beyond words. Um, Would kick my ass if they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I love a good slamming. Um, I think that I saw what I, I, I didn't see what I wanted to feel in a yoga class. So I started yoga. I started my teacher training kind of backwards. Usually, you do it for a couple of years, and you're like, okay, you know, I've I've got a pretty good practice. I've done this for five years. Let's take the next step. Mine, I was depressed out of my school. I stumbled into a yoga class after having no hope in any other way. And I just decided to try this weird practice that I, that did not make me feel good. And I overheard within the first two months of practicing my teacher. I don't even remember, honestly. I feel like I just ended up somehow in teacher training after two months of barely taking classes. And I did it to save my life. So then I um, started taking more classes and I, I went through teachers very quickly. And that's why I started recognizing is like, I felt, I'd be like, oh, I found my teacher and I would learn everything I could from them. And you can argue, well, you know, you can learn from anyone, but it was teachers that taught the same sequence. They said the same jokes. They spoke the same words. They said the same lines. And I was in my head thinking, but there's so much more going on. And how can you not deny, or how can you, how can you just leave out the fact that I feel energy in my calf that's trapped in screaming. Like, oh, breathe into your calf. I was like, wait, this fucker is on fire. Like, I am burning. It is painful. I don't want to be here. And no one ever no one ever spoke that way. They just talked like it was just normal to be in this pose and it wasn't for me. So I honestly believe with all my heart and know that the, the thing you want to see most and you don't see, right? There's a lot of people that write me on Instagram like, ah, oh, thank you for writing this. I need more people that are real. Well, it starts with you. Like, what are you doing in your life? Like, how are you contributing to the hole that you see in the market or the hole that you see in the community? You want someone to be the truth slinger. Maybe it's supposed to be you. So that's what I started to realize is I, if you asked me if I was a good yoga teacher, I would tell you no, because I don't know every pose in Sanskrit. I don't know how to cue everything in this like chemical way or like scientific way. I don't know shit about anatomy, but I teach from my heart and I teach from what's real for me. And I think that resonates because it's not out of my ass, like just some verbiage. Like I, I found that everyone kind of just started repeating things. And there's one, I have to, I have to remember what it is. There's some funny thing that some teacher, teachers used to say, oh, it's like when you do legs with the wall pose, right? Or you put a block under your hips and you lift your legs to the sky. And people say, or teachers used to say, you're reversing the flow of your bloodstream, you're reversing and like, you can't physically do that. And <laughs> I was saying that because I just thought that was like, what you said. But that's what I'm saying. We're all so asleep that we just regurgitate what we've been told. And my, <laughs> I would think that my my show if I had to name one, if I had to have a reality TV show, would be like breaking yoga teacher, like breaking tradition. And 
by finding and surrounding myself with friends like you or people like my friend Busy Gold or people that just break the mold and don't give a shit. Um, I, I hope I don't butcher this, but there's this quote that I think Busy posted and you probably see on the internet. It says, you can't be a revolutionist by being, um, what is the word? By being a traditionalist. So if you want to change something, if you want to create something, you can't keep doing it the same way it's always been done. And so I just kind of saw that that hole in the wall that I was not being catered to. And I went through teacher after teacher after teacher. And I just, I saw them carry in their, their personal pride, their personal ego, their personal shit into the room. And I just was like, where's the heart? Like, where's your heart? I want to walk in there and want to feel you be so passionate. My friend Drake, one time I was teaching at Equinox and I've been teaching there for probably a few months now. And when I first started teaching there, all my students would cry and wail and have these insanely emotional peaks in their, in their practice. And suddenly along the way, it stopped happening. And I told him one day, I was like, Drake, people in my class aren't crying anymore. Like, I want them to still have that kind of emotional response. Like, how can I get them to feel? And he said, first off, the answer isn't always crying. You might have had them process that out. They might have been, they might be done with working that story and it's not in their bones anymore. And two, don't you dare ask someone or ask something of someone that you won't do first yourself. And I, like, mind-blowing. I was like, what? He's like, you need to walk into that room and burst yourself and your soul into flames and ask them to meet you where you're at. And maybe then I found that, like, even if you give it your all and you walk in with your heart wide open, that people are still going to only give you two inches, but that's something more than they walked in the room with. And I think... I also teach in a different way. I don't want you to leave your mind outside. I want you to bring it into the room so you can work through that shit and put it on your mat like this canvas where you just bring every color that life is giving you and you can actually leave the room more free, more clear, more light. Like there's such an experience that you can have on your yoga mat. And I also, like I did in the class that you took recently, I have people jump to start class now. I have them do jumping jacks if they're too embarrassed to just leap with all they can and push the ground away to build their heart rate. Um, and I think that's a huge difference too. I don't, I don't have a hesitation of exploring and taking other modalities into the yoga studio. I, I hesitate to even call what I teach yoga because it's just whatever art form is, is inspiring me. And that's anything to from going to concerts alone, going to movies alone. Um, any kind of artist that bursts me open and cracks me in a way I wasn't cracked before is a gift. And I try and share that with everyone that I teach. Yeah, that's the thing is um, when I was writing how to introduce you, I didn't really know. I'm like, I can't label her. So I'm just going to make <laughs> things. Um, because it's not really that so much more than that. Like, wow. I think your gift that I see in you, one of them, is that you look straight into someone through all the stuff that they don't want you to see. You kind of like shadow that mask. You look at their potential. You grab them like a total <laughs> You grab them by the balls and you're like, how do you your wings? When I first started teaching years ago too, and I was teaching at Hot 8, and it was kind of that like, um, you know, it's a, it's a scripted sequence. And so I was mm-hmm. like, it's not the scripted. And I don't know the anatomy. I don't know this. And you were like, do you have something to say? And I was like, yeah. and you're like, that's a teacher. A teacher is someone whose heart is so open that the students can stick their neck out just a little bit. Wow. I'm Thank you for giving me that to yourself. <laughs> no, I know you're blasting me. I have such a crazy memory, like not very good. So when you remember all these little nuggets that I 
I just, I, honestly, whenever I've said something that feels profound to me later, it's something I didn't listen to. I was just expressing what I felt and like not really listening to it, just letting it flow. And I wanted to say one thing about what you're talking about, because I think the important thing to note of how I got to that place and that understanding is that I took what my gift was and I put it in the wrong people. I put it into every man that I tried to love that wouldn't and couldn't love me. And I saw his potential and I was just, I was fixated on the fact that people said, you just love him for his potential and you just see his potential. And I was like, but why is that a bad thing? And how can I harness this in a different light? Because it was poisoning me trying to love these people that couldn't love themselves. And when I realized that I took my passion that should have been for my work and put it in another human being, that was the the wrong thing to do. And so when I, when I realized that I was like, Oh my God, I can give in the way I need to give in this, in the studio to, to people walking on the street and everyone I meet. And that was the more important switch that I made was not giving it to people who weren't ready for that or couldn't have that or, or opening someone who wasn't ready to be opened. Like I think a great teacher realizes instead of just trying to pry or shove all the medicine and give all the quotes and give so much stuff to someone, even though it's out of a good place, you really have to wait and see if that person's ready. And a true healer, which is like one of the ones that worked with me in Sedona this weekend, she asked me, are you ready to heal? And looked into my soul and if the answer is no, she won't give me anything. She won't touch me or, you know, work with my field. And that's so important is to ask someone like, are you ready to do this and give them the choice? And, uh, I never did that. I just was like, you, you need my love. Like you're craving it. You want it wanting and being ready to accept and open aren't the same thing. So to find to all the people who are listening, who are loving someone, like what aspect are you giving so intensely to another that you can give to a more broad spectrum and actually have it be healthy and beneficial and reciprocal. That's so powerful because, you know, when you fall in love with someone, you believe in absolutely every single cell of their being and like to take <sighs> it and put it into your people. Like that's really powerful. I think this is actually the perfect opportunity for you, if you're okay with it, to read that piece you showed me before the show. Ah, yes, I will. The first one? Yeah. Okay. And this is what's funny is like when I write, it's just a download. It's a channel. So I don't even really know what I'm writing. And afterwards, I'll read it once or twice. But then it's just art that I'm like done with. And so um, recently, a girl resent me something from I wrote a while ago. And she's like, are these your words? And I'm like, yes, but it's just so funny, because reading them just brings me back to that space of just complete and utter truth in the moment. So here it goes. You were all you ever needed. Then there was him. He was intent on drowning, but he saw lungs to give the water to. You knew you would survive anything. The dust settles and you forget how to bloom. But then it comes to you, a flower does not try. It just unravels all that it is not. And suddenly you open again. Do not give up your petals for another storm. You can burst into existence over and over again. No matter how many come and learn why you have roots and they don't. It is not your job to be a mother to your lover. Remember this, my sweet flower. You were wild before him. You will be wild after. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> we just left at the same time. Ah, oh, shit. 
so powerful. I, it's funny because reading all your stuff, like, I love that you change your bio to it. So reading my page will feel like reading parts of my journal. You put it, let it burn. Mm-hmm. And usually <sighs> on Instagram, people have a line between their personal, intimate life and their virtual personality, but you don't have that mark. So how mm. kept your writing so honest and vulnerable? And what is the purpose of social media and sharing that for you? Oh, wow. Well, I started Instagram and I stayed on Instagram for the same reasons, my diary. And it's, to me, the art form. Like, I watch you, when I spend time with you, write in a journal, and I admire that. And my brain just can't comprehend, like, for some reason, seven years ago, when I first found Instagram, when I open the text box and it's blank and all I can see are three lines at a time, it's so freeing for me. It's always been so freeing for me to just let it fly because for so so many years of my life, I didn't do that. I kept it inside and just ping-ponged inside of me. And I just got tired of allowing people to dictate what I was willing to express, what I was able to express. And I just got tired of hearing you're too much or this is too much this or you're too open, you're too, too, too. And one time I just thought, well, I'm not happy right now because I'm trying to express myself with making you happy. So you're not happy because it's too much for your nervous system or whatever to handle. So why don't I just make myself happy? I'll be over here in the corner I, I like it because when I first started writing actually was in my space and I used to I used to tell people when they're like, oh, this is too much. I'm like, this is why it's my space. Like, you don't have to follow me. You don't have to look at my stuff. You don't have to read it. And it doesn't matter if there's one person following me and it's just my mom or it's, you know, however many people, it's going to be the same. And because it's for me and I think that it's also for you. It's also for everyone that can come across and relate, but it's first and foremost something from my heart and it's just something that comes up and I want to encapsulate, like, what did I learn? And um, my friend just went to this really profound spiritual teaching and everyone was like writing notes. And this one person in front was like scribbling the whole time, like painstakingly on pen to paper, trying to capture everything. And he looks at him and says, stop. And the person looks up and is like, what? And he's, he said, stop writing. What I'm trying to give you is a, is a, like he's transmuting energy. So if you don't understand it when you're hearing it, it, the words on the paper that you're trying to memorize is just going to be letters. He's like, be here, be present, feel it. And that really stuck with me. And I think I just want to be present with people in a way that no one was with me. And it's funny because there's this big upswing, which is beautiful to see of people being vulnerable about their anxiety, depression, eating disorders, all these different things that have been taboo to speak about. And I've been doing that for like seven years now. I've almost, I'm on the other side of it. Um, I don't don't really feel like I need to revisit those things because I processed, I sat with them for so long. And I think that line about people reading my diary, because I have so many people that DM me and they're like, I had to unfollow you because it was too real. Or I had to not, like, I don't read all your posts. I only come when I want to feel something or only come when I'm ready to feel the truth. And it's been really special to see the people who have come back and been like, I unfollowed you for a year because I was afraid of change. There's some people that say, I want nothing more than to go on your retreat or go to your workshop or to come to your class, but I know that you're going to change me and I'm going to be healed or I'm going to be put in the position to be happy and I'm afraid. 
And that's so sad that we are still afraid. And it's also fine, like wherever you are in your journey, if you need six more months of depression in your bed, I heard a quote one time a long time ago that says, we don't get to choose how someone else survives. And sometimes that's what it looks like. Sometimes I need to just gain weight for five days and just, or a month and just cushion myself so I can process and sit with until I become so uncomfortable that I must change. And I like our friend Dakota summed you and I up so perfectly. He's like, <laughs> Ali, you, when you get a, a message from the universe, it like taps you or like rustles your hair and says, Ali, maybe you shouldn't date this person or post this or do whatever it is that it's telling you. Like, maybe you should do this. And, and you respond and you go, oh, thank you, great spirit. Like I listen. And me, it's like the, the rustle of my hair and I give it an elbow, like shove off. Like I'm doing what I'm doing. And then it gives me like a little shake on the shoulder or tap and I'm like, shove off. And then I need like a volcano, an earth earthquake and a slap in the face like 10 times to say, okay, I'll change. So I'm trying to learn to find the middle ground between you and I, because I, or at least just closer to what you're doing, because it's so powerful to listen when you're told something from deep inside of you. And I think long story, long answer long (laughs) is just, I don't know. I just have this, this need to stay in truth. And a long time ago, I saw a picture of this white house, this white slatted wooden house that has black spray paint on it. And it said, speak the truth, even if your voice shakes. And I've kind of amended that on my own, like speak the truth, even and especially when your voice shakes. And regardless of who leaves your life, regardless of, of what you lose, you gain yourself when you stay in truth. So it's been kind of what my posts hopefully are a reflection of. One of my favorite uh, lines that you said to me, um, and it was just a one-liner poem, was, if your love could have healed him, it would have found him. And I think that something we're all struggling with is the days of couple goals are dead. Like, they're done. The jig is up. Mm. Oh, my God. That makes me so happy. I didn't know that. Thank well, you. <laughs> I'm declaring it dead. Like, <laughs> people are... They're just getting smarter. They're tired of seeing the cliff jumping and the... Uh. I'm tired of it personally. Some days I open my app and I see like another like butt photo with the hand reaching and I'm just like, I'm sorry. I can't. Hand reach. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I agree. So thank you for declaring that dead. Something I really admire about you is like, I've always been so scared to share my personal like romantic relationships online because I'm, I fear it appearing as perfection in that sense. But you you found this amazing human and you have such a strong, healthy relationship and oh. you're sharing it. And I think it's so important for people to see that there are so many dimensions to being in love. And one thing that I also admire about you is you never lost yourself in him. Like you never just disappeared and slipped into him. So what would your advice be for this generation in terms of intimacy and relationships? Because I know you got a lot of rants to go on. <laughs> wow. Um, well, I will, I will admit or just bring to the surface that this is the first time that I've ever managed to not slip inside of someone I'm dating. Um, it's been the best four months, the hardest four months of my life. Um, with something worth having, you are exchanging hard work. And I didn't predict that. I thought I was going to meet the love of my life and just coast and be like we're in bliss field and skipping and no that's not how it went and I I just 
from the first time I saw him, I, I started having visions of him. We met once in a yoga class and I started having visions of him that would start out his face and would end in mine. And I actually had a vision where I teach um, a yoga class for rehab and addictions. And there's this place I teach, it's gorgeous, it's in Dana Point on the beach, on a cliff. And when I look back, there's like a line of trees, it looked like this, one of my favorite places in Kauai. And I like looked up one time when I was teaching and I saw him at the end of this aisle in my mind, these trees, and he was in a tux. And it was like so clearly our wedding day. And I, I saw that and it freaked me out for a second. And then as I imagined myself walking towards him, he changed into me. And it was like the recognition that your soulmate just points you home. And home isn't in their body, isn't, is, is in yourself. And we just have such a, a same desire. I remember when we first met, we were just chatting on his couch and we were talking about how we both had this purpose that was our main focus. Like we wanted someone that was going to be really helpful and beautiful and loving in our lives. But our main focus on this earth is to find our purpose and commit fully to it. So I think when you take the focus off of wanting, so I spent a year, I spent years, but I spent a year crying to my friend saying, when is my lover coming? Like, I didn't think he was. And I think admitting the fact that I didn't think I was lovable, that I didn't think that someone could see everything I am, because I know that 100% why I'm here is my purpose. And, I, and it doesn't matter if I love someone with all I am, like if I had to choose between holding up in a mountain with the person that is just everything to me or changing the world, like I, I am in one direction. My healer, she's like, you might as well have a service vest on because you're a service animal. Like you have no choice on this earth but just to give and not from a depleted place, right? We think about, oh yeah, she's just gonna give and give, but just a really big grand scheme of showing the truth and showing up whatever that looks like and means to me. But I think really focusing on the fact, like the most powerful moment and why I have Danny is because I stood in a group and I, I do this thing in my retreats called Common Ground, where you sit in a circle and one person stands up, puts two, two hands on their heart and closes your eyes and you ask yourself, like, is there any secret or, or thing you wanna admit that you've never admitted to anyone? Like, what's your deepest thing that you're, you're not willing to face normally? And I, I, I don't normally partake. I usually have my students partake. And they all turned to me like, no, you're going at the end. I was the last one. And I fought them for a second. I was like, damn it. All right, fine. I'll go up. And when I was 25, I was raped by someone closer than I'd like to admit. And I always talked about that. That was always like the birth of woman poetry, the birth of modern healing, the birth of myself was the depths of the darkness and letting that seed crack open and realizing that there was something beautiful there, um, no matter how ugly the outsides were or seemed. And I just think that I walked up there and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to perform this like sentence that I always perform. And then I was like, you know, wait, Jade, like just take three breaths and see what comes. And what came up and out of me was so shocking that I burst into tears. And it was that I, I honestly believed with all my heart and all my being that I was not lovable. And I just really didn't think that someone could look at what I am and who I am and how committed I am to just flipping the inside to the outside and be like, oh, I want to I want to be around that. Because every best friend I've ever had, <laughs> you aside, because you're equally as crazy and badass, <laughs> um, has has left me and has has 
gotten to a point in their growth where they're like, nope, no more. This is good. I'm good here. And, and I'm just committed to the change and the progress. And so I've had to leave a lot of people behind and, um, or just, you know, split off in, in different paths. And so I just didn't think that I'd find a lover that wanted that. That's like, that's like full commitments to, to yourself. And so, uh, I said that out loud and then everyone in the, in the outside of the circle, this is the important part that has felt the same way stands up and holds two hands somewhere on your body. And together you breathe like three or four breaths. And I physically felt it leave my body. Like I felt it come up and it like was like a rock and a stabbing in my heart. And then it just dissipated. And I was free. I was free to feel what's on the other side. And if you can't feel it, you can't heal it. And that's just how that's with everything. And so this, this idea was already inside of me. I'd never, never said that out loud. And nor did I ever like finish the sentence in my own head. So doing that really brought me to the surface of possibility. Okay. I already admitted that this could be the case. What's the other side. So to me, I would say to write a letter to yourself and express how you feel, what your fears are, what your worries are. So you can get it done and realize that it's silly or that, that, okay, you've committed. That's one of the things is like the night that I almost died and, and I didn't end up in something I tried to swerve my uh, car off a cliff and it shut down the moment the wheels hit the dirt. And I just realized like I, I got out of the car and it was just mind blowing. Like my car just shut off. It broke. It never worked again. No reason it shouldn't. It wasn't old or anything. Um, and I just cried so hard in the bottom of the ditch. And I realized like, wow, I just committed so deeply to death. What happens if I commit so deeply to living? And this is the same thing. I committed so deeply to not being loved and, finding people. So whoever you attract in your life, whoever is at your doorstep, the level to which they met themselves is usually the level to which you've met yourself. So if you want a conscious loving person, but you feel, and you abuse yourself inside and saying, you're not worthy, you're not this because you very well have been told all your life that you're not, or your mother, there's a girl that came on my retreat and her mother used to slap the shit out of her, beat her. Because her mother, that was what was that was a storm that was in her own heart. So she can't give you a rainbow if she's dying inside. So to me, it's like just to wake up and see what you're attracting. And I have attracted every kind of abusive relationship. And I and I looked at them and was like, oh yeah, well they're the abuser. Like they're the biggest one. They're the problem. But really, it was me. I was the one that was the biggest abuser because I stayed. And I really held myself down under the water, thinking this must be what I deserve because it's all I've seen. So I think just <laughs> long story long is just to look at what you're attracting and ask yourself how that person triggers you and what you do that also mirrors that with inside of yourself that you might not even be hearing. And it's so subconsciously patterned and programmed that so deep down it happened when you're eight or whatever the ages that you've learned that you weren't worthy or thought you learned it. Um, and then just that your soulmate, your person, their high, the person that puts you in your highest being is the one that reminds you to stay on your own path at all costs. Like my love for Danny is so deep and he's the most beautiful human. But if one day he looked at me and said, I need to go off on this, like, and that was his, the direction of his purpose or what he, what he was headed towards, I would with tears in my eyes and a crack in my heart say, by all means, I support you. And, um, to me, that's just been the biggest switch is just to stay in our own bodies, to stay in our own fields. And at first I was doing a lot of Reiki, but my friend Drake was doing a lot of Reiki on his wife. And 
I realized at one point, like, you're not meant to heal your lover. You're not meant to work on them. And that's why that line came to me. I was driving one day, mourning the loss of a good friend and um, not in death, but just in chosen death for me. And um, it was just sometimes harder, in my opinion. And I just heard the line, like, if your love could have healed them, it would have by now. And your love cannot heal anyone but yourself. So just to keep your love in your own body will change and magnify your magnetism towards the person that you're meant to to be with next. And that's so so powerful too to look at it like we often think they did this to me. It was in photo also, we're just quoting right and left, who said everybody craves being seen, but they're afraid if they're seen they won't be loved. Whoa. I just read that this morning. That's so crazy. Right? That's so beautiful, poignant, true. Um, and I just want to share that the there are two butterfly stories. I want to share the one about the three forms of love, and then I'd love it if you shared your butterfly story on addiction. Oh, but slay me. Okay, go. Give it to me. All right. So, <clears throat> once upon a time, um, <laughs> love is told through the three different types of butterflies. So, essentially, the most beautiful butterfly ever imagined in your life. Uh, lands on this person's arm and this is the first kind of love that people often experience and so it lands on his hand and he tries to trap it he puts his other hand over it and there's no light and the butterfly starts to suffocate because it can't get out and the second form of love is the butterflies this beautiful creature lands on his hand and he shakes it off because he's so terrified to experience it in the first place um and the third kind, the butterfly lands, and you put your other hand up to shelter it from the wind, but you leave your palm open so that it has the choice to leave or to stay. And that is what me and Danny have that I've really observed. And you walk your talk. Like, there's no part of you that lives that. And that's why I appreciate about you. And that's why I was like, you need to get on here. So. Oh, wow. Thank you. That is already a powerful story but to hear you finish up with that line to me is such a gift you are just the most incredible non-human angel <laughs> whatever i i don't even know how to label the essence of what what and who you are but thank you that was amazing you're my favorite fireball <laughs> i am a fireball thank you um okay you ready i'm ready slay me oh all right here it goes so there was once a man who was severely addicted to meth and he ended up on this space in, in life where he was stuck, where he couldn't get more drugs and these group of people were stuck on this island and they didn't know how long they were going to be there. He had one baggie left and uh, of this of this drug and so he gave it to this man and said, don't give this back to me because I need to heal. I need to, I need to get over this. Like he was having really bad withdrawals and the man says, no, this needs to be in your hand. So if you ask me three times, I will give you the bag. So just know if you ask me three times, it will be yours. So he goes off and a few hours later, he finds the man sweating, desperately shaking and he's convulsing. He's shaking at the man and just says, give me the bag. Like I need it. I cannot do this anymore. I'm just crawling out of my skin. And the man says, no, that's one. And he walks away. An hour later, the man crawls up to the man with the drugs and he says, please, I need it. My skin, I can't survive this. Like, give it to me. It gets almost physical. And the man says, that's two. No, 
the next time you will have it. The third time he comes up to the man, this is like 20 minutes later and says, give me the bag. This is three times you said. And so the man goes, okay. He holds up the bag and then he says, but first look at this. And in the side, he sees on this little leaf attached is this caterpillar and the cocoon is breaking open and you see half of a butterfly peeking out. But the butterfly is becoming tired and it, it's dying. You can see clearly that it's giving up. It's, it's tr too weak to fight its way out of the cocoon. So the math addict goes, give me your knife. And he takes the knife off of the guy's belt and starts to slice the cocoon so that the butterfly can be free. And the man grabs his hand and says, no, if you slice that, if you help it out of its misery, out of its difficulty, out of its pain and suffering, it loses the strength to fly. Like this butterfly, and that's how all butterflies can fly like if you think about it it doesn't make sense like the the cocoon the caterpillar breaks down into a soup nothing of it is the same like it has to lose everything that it was to become what it's going to what it's meant to be and so in that it trusts and keeps growing and forms this butterfly it forms these crazy beautiful wings but you don't just form muscles like when babies are born they have to learn the strength to walk they don't just come out with like arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> arms and legs you have to earn that muscle and it's a falling down process so he doesn't let him slice the cocoon because the butterfly needed to fight its way out. And that's just a symbol of all of the ways that you have this uphill battle. You have this idea of, I can't do X, I can't do Z. Like this person won't love me. And like whatever it is that you think is your hill, is your, is your valley and you're stuck in, you've got to start the climb. You've got to break the, like I remember being so deep in love with this person who was so abusive, who threw my head into a concrete wall, who cheated on me and just told me that I was crazy and kept putting it on me, put it on me. And I remember thinking, why? Like, why did this happen? How can I leave this person? I still loved him in my sick mind of like, that's what love was. Um, and I had to leave before I understood how. And that was the crawling of the cocoon. Like that was the fighting outward when I didn't know who, who I was. And that was like, it, it takes utter trust to to create muscle. And that's why I love yoga because you're in a plank pose or you're in a chair pose or you're in whatever it is. It can be a flexibility, a deep back bend. And you have to go somewhere that you've never been to get where you're going. And you have to, you, you're shaking, right? And I, I tell people like they're shaking, they just want to drop out. But that's how you know your muscle is being created is the shaking. The shaking isn't the bad thing, the wobble, the the doubt, the the pain of you creating a new version of you and I also wrote down this line too a long time ago, like sometimes love means leaving. Like you're sitting there going, I, I get all these messages like, I love this person, but they're super abusive. How do I leave? And there's not really a way to to say to answer that of how. It's it's really just about going to a place that you've never been and trusting it, if that makes sense. Yeah, you cannot become everything you're meant to be by remaining who you are. That's the beautiful thing about being human is we constantly, we have a choice to evolve in a way. Um, and so I honor you for always choosing that. And you also teach yoga at um, a rehab for addiction. And so I'm curious, like, what is something that has really impacted you with that? Like, what has that taught you? Ah, wow. Well, there was a guy one time that was in the rehab center. Well, actually, the first day I ever went to teach, I was I had they have boys classes and they have um, girls classes or women and men, 
and I was assigned to the boys class first and I walked into this house I I've never experienced drug addiction for my for myself I dated someone that had one an opioid addiction but I did I thought I wasn't going to be able to relate and I just I didn't really know what I was going to say or how to handle or what I was walking into so I walk into this room and there's about 15 guys they're all rowdy big tatted there's older men there's every kind of person is in the room and I'm like well shit like this is gonna be so hard like what am I how am I gonna relate to them I'm this like little girl I'm my hair is in a ponytail you know I'm just a yoga teacher so I walk in and I'm waiting for them to calm down and they don't and this one guy looks me straight in the eyes all tatted neck tats and just buzzed head and he's like aren't you stoked that you get to teach a bunch of low-life asshole loser addicts like us and it came to me in that moment. I looked him straight in the eyes and I said, actually, I've never seen a room full of artists that they're, that are this powerful before. And it came to me in that moment of just like seeing them and observing them. They were just afraid to, to bow to their purpose. They were afraid to become what they were meant to. So they drowned themselves in alcohol and drugs and all these addictions because they were trying to be who they, they were trying not to be who they are. And so that was the first moment that I learned that addicts are just people who have fallen down or listened too much to the outside world of usually it's their family members that just couldn't love them and so they just put their repressed love which is hate into these children who became men and then couldn't handle like everyone is seeking the opposite of addiction is connection so that was the first two things I learned another time a man came to me and I I've been teaching there for a while now so I kind of knew the drill and felt better and I walked up to him and he was sitting on the outskirts and I said, hey, I'm Jade. What's your name? He's like, oh, don't bother learning my name. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, you don't need to know my name. I said, why? Why not? He's like, well, I'm not going to be here. This is my 19th time in rehab, and I'm going to leave tomorrow. Like, this shit sucks, and why would I even repeat the same bullshit again? And I said, oh, you know, you're right. You shouldn't repeat the same bullshit. Like, what would be the point of doing that again? What's the point of a 20th time in rehab? And then he, like, looked at me and kind of was like, whoa, like, what, she's telling me to leave? And I looked at him, and I said, but what if you did something different? What if you didn't repeat what you did before? What if you, and I, you know, I get these intuitive hits. It's like, I'm listening to what they don't say is all the only way I can describe it for me personally. And I was realizing that like his whole family was just, oh, well, he's just the addict. Oh, well, he's just going to go on the cycle. So he was just committing to their idea of who he was. And there was so much more that he could have played with and expressed. And he was such a huge artist. And I told him, I was like, why don't you try this yoga class? Just give it your all one day. And if you don't want to come back tomorrow, it's totally fine with me. But why don't you try and see if they're right about you? Like, what is it? Like, who are you? What are you going to choose? So he like kind of was confused enough to try. And he is like one of my biz- biggest success stories. He came and he was like the biggest yogi. Like he, he fucking loved it. And he was finding parts of himself and aspects of himself that he never knew existed. And it was so beautiful to watch him bloom. And another Another time, the same person, I was holding his head, like I do adjustments. So I was holding his head off the ground and he was holding his head up out of my hands, but it was touching my hands, but he wouldn't relax. And so I whispered to him, I was like, relax. And then he like, didn't do anything. And he's still holding his head. I was like, relax. I whispered again. And he like shook his head. And then I said, Hey, relax, like, let go. You're safe. And he's like, I am relaxed. And like yells at me. I'm like, no, you're not. I'm holding your head. And he literally didn't know that he wasn't, that his body wasn't safe. Like he it didn't think it was safe. And so there's these things that your body's trying to tell you that we don't listen to until someone else comes along and reflects them. So 
a lot of people too ask me like, oh, I would love to get involved. I'd love to be a teacher for addiction. Like, what's your advice? And my advice is that they just need someone to show up and see them. That they're not low life. They're not anything different than anyone else. They've just fallen. Their wings are, are, are crumpled. And they think that they're stuck in this place and that they're defined by this substance. And I watched a really amazing, or I read a really amazing study on drugs and how we think that these drugs are putting a chemical right so you take this drug and you think that it makes you happy or makes you ecstatic or makes you feel less pain and really it's just removing the barriers within yourselves within yourself that would not let you feel what you normally are built to feel so the drug isn't actually changing anything it's actually just removing the ways in which you think that you don't deserve to feel and so it's really powerful i've learned a lot of things of just watching them be seen and, and when a human is seen, like you were saying earlier, the sky is the limit. They're, they are put back into the land of possibility rather than the land of limitations. And then the last thing I'd say is there's always hope. Um, if you were to go back in time and meet, let's say, 18-year-old Jade. Man, if you close your eyes and you picture yourself at that age, so much comes to mind. Um, she gave herself to so many people that didn't deserve her. And I would take her hands in mine and teach her how to breathe. Because for the next 12 years, I'm 30 now, for the next 12 years, she's going to give her oxygen away to everyone else but herself. And if I had taught her to breathe, if anyone had taught her to breathe, so many things wouldn't have happened and so many so many ways i gave away my body my mind my heart my my ability my trust wouldn't have been broken because i would have been feeling myself but until you breathe you're not really in presence with you and so i'd argue that i've never really been in presence with myself until this year so had i been able to teach her to teach someone to breathe is to teach them to love themselves, to heal themselves, to feel themselves. It's really the medicine above all else. So I think that would be the one thing I would teach her. And the thing I would say to her would be that you can't find love for yourself in someone's body. You can't find worth in having sex with someone or giving away parts of yourself you can't get back. Um, I think she would have really lived a different life had she known those things. Oh, I love you. <laughs> I love you. Are you kidding me? It's so cool to see you asking these questions I've never thought of. Like I've never, I've never thought of that answer. And then the way that you regurgitate it to me is so artful and masterful, of course, that it's just like I, I receive. That's what, that's the magic of really powerful, beautiful friends in your life when you choose because you're always gifting and re-gifting and it's just a cyclical thing that's really powerful so thank you for always being my mirror tribe sorry to interrupt but i would just like to say a quick thank you to our delicious sponsor for sigmatic so for those of you who are not familiar with Four Sigmatic and the Power Mushrooms, then it's time to listen up because Allie and I are in love. 
We are in love with lion's mane, in love with reishi and cordyceps and chaga, which we like to either add to or completely replace our daily coffee. And just adding these magical elixirs frees coffee drinkers from all of the jitters and crashes and stomach issues. You know what I'm talking about, coffee drinkers, that <laughs> our bodies are just so over-experiencing from coffee overdose. <laughs> Let's be honest. Or we just drink the magical elixirs as a coffee replacement themselves, just drinking the shrooms. It's actually delicious when you mix it with stevia and coconut milk. My favorite for energy is cordyceps because, well, they get me fired up for just a nice long run or a sweet vinyasa flow. But at night, if I want to calm down, reishi, which is also known as liquid yoga, which calms and eases my mind and body kind of like a safe tranquilizer for the brain, as we'd like to call it, as it alleviates stress and activates sleep cycles. And then during the day, when you want to focus, my absolute favorite, I think this one is actually my favorite of all the shrooms, lion's mane. This one is used by Buddhist monks to enhance focus during meditation. And for the non-coffee lovers out there, well, okay, one, you're crazy. Smart, but crazy. But they do have a delicious matcha mix for you that I absolutely love. And I'm not even a big matcha fan. So if you're interested in learning more about this, I did list the benefits of each mushroom on our blog, euromagic.life. And if you're just interested in purchasing the shrooms, well, Four Sigmatic is gifting the Soul Tribe 15% off. So click on the link in the show notes or go to foursigmatic.com forward slash soul tribe. That's foursigmatic, F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash soul tribe and enter the discount code soul tribe. S-O-U-L-T-R-I-B-E. So one word, no spaces, Soul Tribe, for 15% off your magical coffee and mushroom elixir order. Soul freaking delicious. Enjoy and enjoy the rest of the show. I mean, since I know you've already told them to read every Harry Potter book possible, <laughs> I'm going to skip to the chase. And real story, really fast. We just went on a road trip, and Ali grabs like the I'm driving, and Ali I'm playing like really like hype music, and Ali grabs like my phone, like rips the cord out of it, and like I've got this cool new song, you guys have to hear it. Plugs it in, and it's fucking Harry Potter theme music. And I, I mean, God bless, I love Harry Potter theme music, but it says like Hedwig's theme song, and I'm like, what? And it's like ding ding ding, <laughs> and me and Dakota are like we are going to slap you like what the hell we're trying to like we're trying to get hype and liddy and and ali's over here and fucking she grabs my seeing glasses and all of a sudden i look over and her hair is like tucked away and she looks like harry potter at 11 years old so anyway um my harry potter story aside hands down the book that shifted everything for me is brita by paulo coelho who wrote the alchemist um alchemist was was dope it was cool but this was to me the the Alchemist was like the journey of your purpose and Brita was a journey of yourself. And um, it's B-R-I-D-A. I'm sure it's Brida, but I don't, I don't like a gangster and I just don't care. So I love, I read it in my head, Brita. And it's just about a girl who's learning about soulmates and magic. 
and along the way finds herself. And on page 81, I underlined this thing and it just is my favorite quote um, out of a lot of them. And it says, some blessings when they come arrive by shattering all the windows. And I remember when I felt that, I just pictured this church with all the stained glass windows just going and how you couldn't see that in the moment being a blessing. But you just can't tell sometimes why things show up and burst and change and shift the way that they do. But on the other side, if you give it the space and the opportunity is an open field for anything that you want to plant. So it would definitely be that book because that is just the ultimate in my mind. I literally buy it. I bought probably 30 copies and I give it out. Whenever I see someone, I just feel like, oh, this will change their life. I was in Kauai and I bought it to read it for myself. And I saw this girl and she was laying out with her family and just kind of looked a little down and I just kind of sat and talked to her for a little bit and I was like I need to give you this book I went back to my space and gave it to her and it's just really cool to pass that on so um anytime you have a favorite book buy two three copies when you can afford to and just pass it out like that's never there's never a gift I'd like more than just a book that comes from someone's heart that has changed their life so that would definitely be what I would say besides your book of course and your second book that's coming I'm putting that in the ether cannot wait I love you um and I've read that book because of you probably like eight times and (laughs) we talked a lot about relationships and love if you're looking to kind of expand that knowledge of like what a soulmate is and all of that um it's a really good one and he's a great writer he's magic he writes in the universal tongue which means that no matter who you are where you've been you're gonna find yourself in his writing and that's very powerful gifted Speaking of Paolo Coelho, though, let's pretend that we are in the book The Alchemist, even though it's not your favorite. And in the book, uh, one of the lines was, the truth is so simple, it should be written on an emerald. So say the alchemist comes in, and he's on his horse, and he's got his robes, and he's like, Jade, he's an emerald tablet, and he hands it to you, and he says, write the one thing you know to be true. What would you write? Oh my God. What, where do you get these questions? <laughs> these are like the deepest soul medicine. I just got off a retreat and now I'm getting my ass handed to me. My God. Okay. What would I know to be true? Wow. I guess the one that, that intuitively pops to mind is that the answer is always going to be you. Like it's always going to be it's not in someone else. It's not in a job. It's not found in someone else's heart or love with, for someone else. It's literally always going to, whenever you're walking towards yourself, you'll find what you're looking for. If that makes sense. I don't know. You really knocked me off my horse there. I was also on a horse. And when he handed that to me, I kind of, wow, that's so, such a beautiful question. That was a really beautiful answer. And really? Cause I feel like it made no sense, but that's fine. As long as you took something from it. I really I appreciate the magic it. of you is you just kind of like word vomit the most powerful, beautiful <laughs> truth. And then you just segue as though you were like, hey, let's go get coffee. And I'm like, no, hold on. That's gold <laughs> right there. Somebody write that down. <laughs> oh, I love you. I love you because too, on when we, when we have long download phone calls, I'll, I'll, ta- I'll blab this whole thing. And I'm like, oh, so how are you? What are you doing this? Day? And then you're like, hold up. Every time you say, hold up. And you re-download everything I just said in a really artful, beautiful way. And I think that's one of your, uh, one of your unending plethora of gifts is just to, to reflect back to someone something in a, in a more succinct way that even they didn't receive the first time. So 
Thank you for always doing that for I me. I think it's so important for people that are givers because I know that we have like so many of them that listen. It's like oftentimes when the spotlight's on us and we share, we're like, want to bypass it. And we're like, okay, so how are you? Because it's way more comfortable to <laughs> be present for someone else's shit than to look at your own. Um, that's why I think it's oh, so important to be like, yes. no, this is your turn right now. Like, you know, with the deep listening and all of that, because that's all anybody wants. Like with everything that they do, they're seeking to feel loved and heard and, you know, all that jazz. So, and that's what you do. That's why you're such a powerful teacher. Thank you. Wow. Seeking to be loved. Isn't that, that's, never mind. I'm taking the Sharpie off the emerald and I'm writing that on it. <laughs> Sharpie and emerald? No, that it's comes... engraved. <laughs> I know. Look at my <laughs> sharpie. It's fine. It's fine. No, actually, it makes you a modern healer. The sharpie on the emerald. But that's good. <laughs> there it is. I can't hide from my. No, um, this is the one final question that we ask all of our listeners. How would you advise our community to create their own magic? I think that's a perfect segue with what you just asked me is the journey of the alchemist, right? Not to spoil the ending. I hopefully everyone has read it by now, but that he does this whole journey around the world, these beautiful, powerful places and the, the treasure was in him all along. It would be to me to find, to first clean out your, your soul. And I mean that in like a really loving way, like to sit with every experience that you've had that somehow is sticking and to clear yourself out. That was the first thing. Once you do that, once you get to a neutral zone, you start to build joy. You start to build happiness, hope, all of these different things. And to sit with yourself will give you, like I said, in a weird way, will give you everything that you're looking for. So I put such emphasis on finding love in someone else. And it was really just the journey of finding it in myself, which also led to my purpose, which everything, every question I've ever asked has, has been found inside of me. And I think when you're looking so much at Instagram and finding everyone else in their purpose, your comparison chart just goes off the yin yang. And you're like, well, look, everyone else has it figured out and wipe the board down. Like when I got back from Sedona, I wanted to write my book. I wanted to create a platform. I wanted to do all these different things. And I just came back and in my mind took the, the whiteboard and just wiped everything off. And just I'm the, the process I'm going to do today is staring at that whiteboard and saying like, what do I want to create? What can I do? What would I do if, if it, no one else saw it? And I had to just, this was like why I'm here. And that's always the question I've asked myself is like, what would I do if no one else, if there was no money involved, if there was no kudos involved? I heard a really beautiful thing one time that the masculine energy is like, um, when you get cancer, the doctor comes in, he's like, we're going to cut this out of you. We're going to take everything out and you're going to physically feel lighter. Like I'm going to show you what I'm doing and you can prove that. And then the feminine energy is the one that comes in and heals you before the, the um, illness even formed. So how can you prove that? So to me, it's like stepping into the feminine, whether you're a man or a woman, stepping into that side and saying like, what would I do if no one ever knew it was me? And I think therein lies your truth. And if you're chasing accolades, if you're chasing goals, if you're chasing someone else's idea of who you should be, your parents, you're not going to find why you're here. You're going to find why they wanted you to be here, why they failed in their life to find their purpose. And you're just, you know, 
following that lineage. And our generation is here to heal. There's, it's said that in every genera- in every generation and every lineage, there's one person that comes to hear to heal the collective pain. And I think a lot of us, it's us, it's, uh, it's our, it's dealing with what our parents and our parents, parents and so on never dealt with. And so to me, choosing to, to clear yourself and find those people in your life, that'll be a mirror instead of having the friends you've always had, just because you've had them, like really have a game changer, like find the alley of your neighborhood, find the, the people who are going to give you a, a true reflection of who you are back, not of them. Wow. What would you do if they did not know it was you? That is, I've never heard that question before. But the minute you said that, I was like, oh, I would do this and this. And then my own brain slammed me and it's like, wait. Mm. <laughs> I know you're like, whoa, shit. Mm. Now I got to take my own medicine. Oh, I hate when that happens. <laughs> I know it's the most sour of all. Oh, what the well, heck? thank you so much. Honestly, like every time I talk to you, it's such a joy because you say everything I needed to hear and more than and everything that I didn't want to hear in the best way. Like, <laughs> there's no you don't enable anyone in their patterns or their tendencies or anything. You again, like I said, you hold them accountable to that not to be a cornball, but that divine potential that breathes and lives in them. You hold nothing back and you're not afraid to not be liked for it. And that's huge. Mm, Thank you. I really appreciate it. I appreciate everything that you bring to this community and everything that you hold space for. And that's not an easy task. I think people look at influencers and on the level that you're at and the space and the people who are looking at you and they think it's just easy. Oh, look how nice and perfect your life is. But you are constantly transmuting collective consciousness. You are constantly lifting people and and just showing them a different way and a better way that they can connect with themselves. So, I mean, you're the change that I want to see. So thank you for being that in this world. It's all just reflections that I feel the exact same way. And everybody, if you want more of Jade, which I'm sure after listening to this, like at least <laughs> for wisdom all the time, um, he is Jade Electra on Instagram. And you're on YouTube, right? Kind of. I've got some weird things on there. It'll be entertaining for sure. So definitely look that up. If you just look up the same name on YouTube, you'll find strange times from the life of Jade. But there are some good And she also in teaches in Huntington Beach at the Equinox there uh, Saturdays at 9 a.m. I mean, yes, make them post for like an extra 10 minutes. <laughs> I know. I'm like, uh, you're from Allie. Okay, 20 minutes. We're gonna warm up with plank pose and then go into one arm handstand. But I'm more excited about the classes I'm being, I'm gonna be doing with you and the workshops that we're going to get into. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah, and one last story because you said handstand. Um, <laughs> I desperately wanted oh, to learn no. how to handstand because that was like all the rage on Instagram, and I could understand that it, <laughs> it was not about being proportionist back then. Um, Jade has me hold a plank and I start shaking and I'm like, what does it have to do with a handstand? And she's like, would you marry someone without going on a date with them first? Like, plank before you handstand. Build the plank. So, anyways, just another into her wisdom and mm. teaching. <laughs> and, cra- and craziness. You're welcome. Thank you so much for being on here today. I appreciate you. You're pure magic. I feel the same for you. Love you so much. Thank you for this opportunity. I'm so honored.
We are so grateful you tuned into this podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and rate us on iTunes. Yes, and those of you who leave a rating and review, we want to share our gratitude by sending you a special gift. Just email info at yourownmagic.life and we will send you an exclusive meditation guided by the both of us. And make sure to say hi to us on Instagram. I'm at Ali Michelle L. Don't forget the random L at the end. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Raquel Mantra. Thank you. And have a magical day.